Back yourself. Like, yeah. I know you can get this weight. I don't, you can't have doubt in your head exactly. when you have a couple hundred kilos on your shoulders. You need to go in there and attack that rep or that 1RM like you're going to absolutely destroy it. Yeah. A date to judo class? No, I don't think it was a date to judo. I think this was... I guess this was a date. I think this might have been a date. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this was a date. I mean, she did invite me to say, yeah, okay, let's say it was a date. It was a date. I went on a date to her judo class. After the class, she was showing me some technique and stuff because it's the, the only exposure I've had to judo. And um, she, she threw me around like a dinner napkin. It was very, very humbling. I, I didn't expect to be tossed so easily. That's like going into a powerlifting meet and, and someone squatting hundred kilos more than someone else and then the person that just got dominated by hundred kilos saying oh, but my technique was definitely a lot better it's like well I don't care because I beat you by a hundred kilos exactly. you ready yeah hey we are back welcome to the big flex episode five everybody I keep forgetting that it's called the big flex the big flex yes <laughs> yes <laughs> All right, so first of all, I think the very first thing we have to do is we have to address all of the new equipment that we have this week on the podcast because it's pretty dope. Starting with that, actually, you haven't played all the noises. What have you got preloaded? Well, let because me just explain. I, I what haven't it, got everything. <laughs> let me explain what it is first. Is uh, basically uh, just pre-coronavirus, um, I pre indulged the gym and the podcast setup with some new equipment, which I. What's up? The sign. sign. In addition amazing. to the sign, yeah. um, some podcasting equipment, which actually only just arrived about three days ago. It was like cool. a three and a half, four week delay before it got here. And I was like, ah, oh, well, when it gets here, I'll still use it and have a bit of fun. So basically what came is, it's called a Rodecaster um, Pro. Rodecaster Pro. Mm -hmm. And it's a mixing box. So it has four mic channels, but it actually has like eight different channels. You can Bluetooth, plug your phone in, computer in, four mics, um, which is pretty cool. So like, we have two mics set up right now, but if I connected my phone via Bluetooth, um, we could get a, a guest to call in and it would record that conversation, mm -hmm. um, which is pretty cool. And then it records one of two ways. I can either record straight to my computer, but I decided, um, I was playing around with this yesterday, doing a bit of troubleshooting, that uh, instead of doing that, I just um, uh, got an, a, a micro SD card, um, plugs in and holds like 64 gigabytes, which is just oh, like cool. hours. It's, yeah. it's like, what is it? eight and a half hours worth of uh, audio, which is plenty. It's because like the longest podcast we've done is half an hour. Yeah, 40 minutes, half an hour. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure everyone would like to hear us talk for eight and a half hours. <laughs> no, they definitely would not. <laughs> hey, um, anyhow, and then also have a bunch of built-in sounds, but you can also change those sounds too. Okay, so, yeah. so far, what have you got built-in? Well, the built-in sounds, it comes with like theme music, which obviously is not our theme music, but yeah. I could put our theme music in there. Okay. So I'm just going to play these bad boys here. All right, this is like the theme music. Yeah. Do, 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 do. That's pretty cool, right? And I got little sliders, so. And, whoa, and whoa, whoa, whoa! So you, theme music, right? Yeah. You, you just keep doing it every time I talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you, you like? I don't know if you've, if we've talked about this actually. You're quite musically. I don't want to say talented. I don't like say giving. It. I don't like giving you too many say compliments. It, it goes say to your it. head. Say you're it. quite musically talented. You can play a lot of. There it is. <laughs> you can play a lot of instru instruments. We, you should definitely make your own theme song, right? We could make our own theme song. Right now, um, the music that people hear on the intro, when I usually cut in like three funny bits from the podcast or three you know interesting things, yeah, um, that music is from the YouTube like audio library, basically for YouTube like content safe creators. Music. It's safe music, yeah. so it's it's royalty free 
um, you can use it on on your videos and, and mm. soundtracks um, without having to you know pay for anything. Yep. So that's what we've been using. It's kind of a funky little one. I, I, I quite enjoy it. And I actually have a different one for the Strength Institute podcast, uh, the one that we use here on the Big Flex. I've noticed that, yeah. Yeah, is, is the one that we use for the Big Flex. Um, but yeah, we could we could use that. I could get that on that button. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is is that uh, because I'm doing a bit of post um, filming editing, it's, it's not really, um, you know, the intro is cut from different parts of the podcast, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But we could, I could have it play as we just do like the welcome and then just slowly fade it out. But we, we can work on something. something like that, yeah. Yeah, I, may, you know, I could make our own theme music, really. I've got yeah. all You've the got tools at home stuff, right? to, yeah. yeah, i got all the tools at home yeah, to, to make something. That's a good idea. Yeah. It's not like you don't have enough time. Hey, hey, <laughs> I'm spending all my time just being productive. Being, being productive. Speaking of productive, play the rest of those noises. I want to know what's on there. I want to know what we're gonna, working I'm with. saving a couple gems in here. I thought you might be. That's why I wanted you to play it because I don't know what's on there. Yeah. yeah. So so it can be Bluetoothed. So I can download a soundboard app. No, 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 no. To, right? the, the Bluetooth, no. The Bluetooth just connects the phone um, mm. to the device and then any audio from the phone will get picked up on that channel and I can I can volume it up or down from the so, mixing board. So if I download, it, for example, download a mixing board app on my phone and mm. preload it with noises that I want that say you maybe don't know about and then you just have the phone volume turned up i can just play it whenever i want and it'll just it could essentially just yeah. but at risk of that i would just have the volume at zero the whole time yeah we're yeah. definitely gonna be working with that next week because uh, depending on what gems you have today we're gonna be rolling with some gems of my own next there's week. no big gems i mean it's all the built-in stuff here yeah. so i mean i would say uh like give me a give me a joke adrian it's on the spot it has to be organic just give me a give me a joke on the spot um knock knock who's there Orange. Orange who? Wait, did I already ruin it? Yeah, it's banana first, yeah, right? I did. <laughs> is that crickets? Yeah. There it is. You get crickets. Perfect. See, without my terrible joke telling abilities, you wouldn't have been able to use that. That's right. Um, yeah, well that's that's pretty awesome. So I mean, that's it's it's amazing stuff. It just sucks that you spent a lot of money on it before all this. Well, happened. I mean, it's not a crazy amount, but it's um, but it's an investment for the gym for the podcast. So yeah. you know, as, as we enjoying, um, I'm enjoying, and I'm sure you enjoy. Hopefully, enjoying yeah. making these, and uh, some people are listening. So, so I, I, speaking of some people listening, do we have more followers? More Eighty-two subscribers, subscribers. Ooh, it's creeping up. Eighty-two. It's, creeping it's up. getting there. We're it's almost one tenth of the way. To a thousand. <laughs> to monetization. I think I think um the 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 I think I would love to see triple digits. Like a hundred subscribers would be pretty cool. And yeah. then next step, like one hundred straight to one thousand. We'll see. I feel like we should set some smaller milestones in between. No, <laughs> just hundred to a thousand. Hundred to a thousand. Well yeah. look, a hundred would be cool for the first the first milestone. That'll be pretty amazing. So mm-hmm. yeah, tell your friends. Help us out. Yep. Hundred subscribers. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, and then and then I wanted to talk about running. You're, you today said you ran 14Ks? I ran 14Ks today. Just so, run me through it. What have you been? Ha, uh, pun, run me through it. Get what? Yeah, <laughs> jokes. Um, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Come on, do the, the audience one. Uh, yeah, well, how many runs have you been doing? Yeah, so for those following along with running a marathon podcast, I've touched on it a few times there, but basically each week is three to four runs. Yeah. Um, and some weeks have some extra cross training, either on the air assault bike, cross trainer at home, or like the rowing machine. Mm-hmm. Um, it, basically what I've come to find is one, you do need running fitness. So you got to run, but you got to mm-hmm. let your body recover as well. So you yeah. can't run every day. I yeah. can't, I'm still hundred kilos, right? I'm on the way down. I um, can't run every day. Yeah. 
Anyhow, <laughs> uh, you, you need to have some, some breaks in there, but you can fill that time in with other things that are going to get your heart rate up for a long period of time. So um, sustain uh, work on the air bike or the rowing machine, something like that. So, um, but for the actual runs themselves, usually two shorter runs, two or three shorter runs, um, which I do at faster than race pace, and then one long run, which I can go slower than race pace yeah. just to get the kilometers into the legs and lungs. Yeah, get the volume in. And that long one goes up a fair bit each week. And <laughs> the, the problem is is you're meant to take um, only a 10% increase each week, similar to weights. Like there's a, anywhere between over 15% increase in um, volume per week, your risk of injury and up to 30% like high risk of, like a much higher risk of injury. Um, with running, it's meant to be about 10%. Because I'm coming from a base of no running, um, my increases are significantly higher. That now I've um, for those of you that want to take up running, um, just stick with the ten percent increase if you've got time. Like I'm doing this in a compressed time frame, so I didn't want to um, do this over a whole year. Like, which would be I guess smarter. It's the, it's the same as, and you'd probably notice this as well with people when they first start training with you. Um, with weight training in particular, the first six weeks of a relatively untrained person, the gains are through the roof before it just naturally tends to either plateau or slow down. But I guess it's exactly the same with any other sort of sport or conditioning, right? Yeah, I think so. I think with those gains, one is that you're, well, in the gym, you're, you're, there's a few things going on. You don't have that central nervous system or that neuromuscular um, sensitivity. So like when people first start training and their brain actually figures out, oh, like this is how I contract my muscles in this order. And like it, yeah. it, it actually, you can get a lot of gains without actually building a lot of muscle mass or anything. Um, and and then just becoming more efficient with the movement. So like mm. when you're bench pressing, you're wobbling all over the place. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's actually a lot harder than just doing a smooth bench press. And yeah. I think that is the same with running. Like the more Ks I do, um, the better my economy is getting like I, I'm getting used to running, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, but, but back to your original question, today's, today's long run uh, is remember, it's week three and I do one long run each week. So week one, the long run was 6Ks, which is not very long. Week two was 10Ks, which is actually the second furthest distance I've ever run in my life. Um, and then today was 14 Ks, which was the longest distance I've ever run in my life. Yeah. And um, it actually went pretty well. The first seven, seven and a bit Ks actually flew by. Like I was, I was trying to hold myself slower like than race pace, but I was actually well above race pace. I'm like, oh, I'm going to like slow down a bit. Okay. Um, then the next three Ks, three to four Ks, like up to like 10, 11 kilometers, like I slowed down a little bit, like uh, just naturally, like I was yeah, getting yeah. a bit tired and slowing down, but still holding my pace fine. Um, and and also, I've just started experimenting with those carbo gels for energy. Yeah, yeah. Which is, everyone's telling me, watch out, like you can get gastric distress and, and like, you know, yeah, want to go to the bathroom. I haven't heard that they're great for you. And I was like, well, you know what? I, I can, you know, I eat enough food. Like I can handle eating some, some carbohydrates when I'm running. I, I had three today, like one before I started because I didn't have breakfast, one at the half hour mark and one at the hour mark. And yeah. I, the whole run today was about an hour and 20 minutes. Um. And they say every half hour is good because it's basically 25 grams of carbs. Your mm. body can absorb roughly 60 grams an hour. So I have two of those um, an hour is basically all my body can oxidize and absorb anyway. Yeah. Um, but they weren't wrong when they said you want to shoot yourself because the last three Ks, I was like, Ugh! It's it's just straight sugar, right? Like pre-digested carbohydrates. Uh, it's just yeah, simple sugars, simple straight sugars. Straight to your bloodstream. Yeah, straight to your bloodstream. Yeah. But it's I think they're saying it's like the bouncing of the um, GI tract is, is what you know makes you want to go as well. And I was like quite surprised. Like the last three Ks, I like I, it wasn't an emergency. I didn't have to pull over into the bushes. But what? if there was a toilet there and I wasn't like running to a fourteen K like yeah. goal, I would have stopped to go to the bathroom. Yeah, absolutely. And as soon as I got home, I did go to the bathroom. But, but why why does it make you need to 
go so bad? Is it the gels or is it the running or is it? I think it's a combination of the carbohydrates <clears throat> and and the and the running, the bouncing up and down the GI tract. This is yeah. what Justin Berich in the last Running a Marathon podcast was telling me. He's a yeah. really top level sports um, physiotherapist and a, a elite a marathon runner himself. Um, it's just that you need to get your body used to it. Yeah. And so that's what I'm doing now. I'm doing it early. I'm getting my body used to it. I will keep having the gels um, and I just will try to be smart about Some it. Some runners, it's, it's, it's hardcore. You're running a race. It's, you're in the moment. It's victory or nothing. I've seen some things, man, and some stuff. You can see you people, can see people... actually fully pooping themselves mid-run and just running in it to get the race done. Just what else can you do? You've trained really hard for it. You just you don't have time to stop. You yeah. don't have time. You just you just, just do what you, you just do. go do what you go do. Now, hopefully, that's not going to happen to me. But anyway, yeah. the last three Ks, um, I was I was clenching a bit, um, <laughs> and and but but really the main thing that was slowing me down was my hip flexors, and it was kind of interesting. The first few weeks, I'm figuring out what is my like, what is my limiting factor here? Is it my overall fitness? Like, is my lungs burning out? Is it my quads? Like, after the first week, my hammies were really tight. Mm. But the last two weeks, it's actually been my hip flexors that are getting tighter first during the run. Yeah. And that's sort of stopping, like, how how hard I want to drive off with each stride and how long my strides are. Yeah. So that's definitely my limiting factor now. So, and, you know, Justin was saying, you don't want to do a lot of stretching like, like you know, pre-run. No. Because, um, you, you know, and we know that as well. Like, it does decrease... Um, Force your, production, right? Yeah, uh, power and force production in your muscles, yes. Um, but <clears throat> but afterwards, you know, not like right before you go for a run, having a prolonged stretch is good for like, you know, taking care of those muscles that are definitely yeah. tightening up chronically like yeah, um, exactly. so, yeah, over, over time. So I, I will be focusing a lot on the hip flexors, but everything else feels pretty good. Well, do you think the hip flexors, is that more of a, a just general tightness because of the new skill that you're doing? Or do you think that's just presenting you with a, a general weakness you already have like tight or weak hip flexors even? Is that something you can work on with your strength and conditioning? I, I don't know. I think it's probably more the new exercise. Mm -hmm. Hip flexor is basically for lifting the knee, mm. right? Um, but I mean, you don't traditionally do that. Like you, you, you sprint in rugby and you've done things similar to that. Not recently either. So it's still almost like right, brand new conditioning. You have to, but you have to keep in, in mind that when, so you're, much more volume, right? when you're squatting and deadlifting, they're still working under forces, right? So, mm -hmm. so they are still getting a good workout when you squat, when you deadlift. Um, it's just very different from... From running and yeah. it's a lot a heck of a lot more reps when you're running so i think it's more just not used to that movement but that will i think naturally strengthen over time i'm yeah. not going to focus like in the gym on that i've got enough to worry about in the gym because i'm keeping up all my strength training as yeah. well yeah yeah um, which is also going pretty good i did five by threes at you know 175 180 on squats so i was feeling pretty good with the squats and i went out and did a 5k run after that so how, how much are you weighing at the moment? So I started this whole thing at 103 yeah. kilos, and I'm down to about 100 kilos after the first uh, two and a little bit weeks. Now, mm -hmm. it would be, I would have lost more. Uh, my partner does FIFO, and mm -hmm. because of this whole coronavirus, they've changed her swing around where she goes away for a full month. And so the yeah. last four or five days before she left, we yeah. were really just having a good time and yeah. just, you know, eating everything. Yeah, but also that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing if... Your goal is running long distances, right? You don't really need to worry about the calories. Oh, look, I actually felt fine. Like I had plenty of energy from all the food that I was eating, yeah, but I just yeah. wasn't dropping. And to be honest, if I want to get some of the goals that I have in my head, I do need to bring my body weight down to high 80s, low 90s. Yeah. Just, um, I, I think that's it. Like like you said before, I've got big old canned hands for, for legs. Um, <laughs> it's hard to lift them up I, for 42Ks, let alone 14Ks, let alone 42Ks. 
Christmas hams. Christmas hams. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Christmas hams. And uh, well, I but, mean, you were talking about that before, right? Efficiency of movement. Um, just if you are lighter, then you're gonna be dealing with a lot less. Uh, oh, like a the, lot less. The, yeah, the economy is is greatly yeah. improved if you're lighter. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. One hundred percent. Because um, to be honest, I mean, I still got this big old V12 engine. And uh, if you drop me, drop me down 15, 15 kilos body weight, oh man, I'd be fine. Uh, just I'd be like one of those one of those sugar candy youths that just like just goes like spinning off the road. Too much power. Sometimes I don't mind talking to you about this sort of stuff, and that's I'm like, no, I regret it. I regret asking the question. Uh, yeah, well, that that is a very good point. Economy of movement in general, like that's it's huge, right? But as does that affect and is that going to affect your, your strength training? It's, it's going to be – I'm still very interested to, this to see point, how it's going to go over time. At week three, uh, my strength is doing just fine. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I've only lost a small amount of body weight. Mm-hmm. I actually went and got a DEXA scan. I finally found, oh, you I, go to, I finally found okay. a place that was still open that gave, that gave me a proper DEXA scan. And results back yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. get instant results. So um, – it's it's definitely not it's not great, but I knew it wasn't going to be great. When I did a DEXA scan at the end of 2017, when we actually had a who can get the leanest competition, yeah. which is what when I was last in like very lean shape, and I bowed out. You bowed out. I bowed out. Um, yep. I anyhow, did. it's uh, when we when we last did that, uh, and I did a, a DEXA scan, and I will I will put the the copy up just so you know I'm not lying. I think it said my body fat was like 13 or 14 percent. I had maybe the top. Four abs. Mm-hmm. I definitely wasn't shredded, but I was in pretty good shape. Yeah. And I only weighed eighty four point seven kilos. Yeah. Um, which I was surprising. It's like, how come I don't have more, more like more abs? Because I think at the time I weighed the same as you. Yeah. I was eighty five or eighty six. But you had better abs. But I'm like a head taller, so I have no idea where this weight comes from. Mm. But I do know now because we looked at the bone density. Yeah. My skeleton. Hey, when they say big bone is not a thing. <laughs> It is big bones a thing. What explain? this boy is big bone. What do you mean? So basically, they look at bone mineral density, mm-hmm. which is like I think it's grams per squared centimeter. Yeah. And but then you also look at bone mineral content, which is the actual weight of your skeleton of your bones, right? And the guy that took the scan, um, when he took it, he's like he's looking at it because we'll start with the boring stuff, the bone density. And he goes, oh, actually, he goes. I've done over 3,000 scans on this machine and only five people have had a skeleton weigh more than four kilos. Wow. This guy was almost 4.2 kilos. What's, what does that mean? What it means is, is that when you look at standard deviations mm-hmm. from the average, yeah. I was three point, and I'll, I'll put this up as well, so you know, on the line, 3.1 standard deviations above, the above average. average, which means it puts me in the 99.999 something percentile of Big bone boys. Does that basically mean you could get hit by a what, car? And- one sec. Just, let's just hear it up for the big bones people out here. And yes. That's for every big bone person. That's for all the big bone people out there. Be proud of yourself. Ooh. Don't get that mistaken with saying you're just big bone. <laughs> yeah, Definitely no. Get a because DEXA I think scan. a lot of people, yeah, to get the DEXA scan, because I think a lot of people think they're big bone, but they just, like, you know. Does that just mean that you can get hit by a car and not break a leg? No, no, no. I've broken plenty of bones playing rugby. Does it account for anything? Like, what, So you do have more... Probably accounts for why I'm not a fast swimmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you may have a negative... Oh, what is that called? Negative buoyancy, something or other. They Just talk about it in, big the, bone boy. in the military where they try to do their, their water training and people can float or people sink. And there's there's like a ratio I was, I was of not a, I was not a bad swimmer, but I, I had a bit of extra insulation. So I think I maybe counted it out my big bones. I find it really hard to float. Well, well, do float. a DEXA scan yeah, and we can, uh, again, we can yeah. check your thing. Well, yeah, just talking about your bone mineral density being as high as it is, is... is that just because you started training, well, resistance training, you were rowing when you were 
quite young in high school and all that. So that is a form of resistance training. Then you started actually strength oh, training after that. Well, yeah, not long know, after, it, right? Rowing was so... It was all high intensity circuits and then like endurance training. So there was not really any um, heavy weight strength stuff. No, no, not real strength stuff um, back then. I'm sure they do strength stuff now because we all know that strength stuff helps with everything. Yeah. Um, but basically, uh, yeah. So I didn't, I did a little bit of weights. Like I really didn't go into the gym at all until after school um, mm. when I was like 18. And then like 19, 20 ish was getting a bit more into it. And then, yeah, it was really. It was really like 2000 and, 2008 and nine. Uh, was when I really started to get into the gym. So then what do you think accounts for the such high percentile of um, Well, I, I think that with the type of weight training that I do is, mm. is usually is heavy, heavy, heavy training. And we know that lifting heavy increases bone density. And that's why it's so important for older people, older populations to strength train because it yeah. helps fight off osteoporosis. It helps reduce the risk of injury if they fall because it makes their bones stronger. Absolutely. I was yeah. talking about this to someone else the other day, mm -hmm. actually. And for those people who don't know much about me, I was actually a DEXA technician and I used to work for a company that did bone mineral density testing with that same, uh, same equipment. So I do know all about that. It is incredibly important. To, yeah. uh, especially once you're after a certain age, like 65 to 70, to keep doing resistance training. It keeps you healthy, keeps your quality of life way up. Uh, yeah, that's actually really interesting. So apart from the uh, impressive bone mineral content, uh, what was your, what did you say your body fat was at now? Oh, so the body fat at the moment, I think was around 20%. Okay. Yeah, it was around <clears throat> 20%. Surprisingly, the visceral fat, which is the really dangerous stuff, the one that's packed in and around your organs, mm -hmm. that was still... Um, Quite, quite healthy. They say you don't want to be over half a kilo. And mm -hmm. I, from memory, and again, I'll put the actual picture up. Um, I believe I was at like 350 grams or something. So they said that that's actually not bad at all. It's just I'm holding a bit of adipose um, fat around around yeah. the stomach and, and legs, which is which is what I would expect. And I went up to 109 kilos in the just before the new year to go for some heavy lifts. And I was mm -hmm. eating everything under the sun just to get the extra strength in. Yeah. And I put a, a fair bit of fat with that as well. But I'm on the way down. Um, and the whole point of this is I want to do another DEXA scan, you know, right after the marathon when I'm at my lightest mm -hmm. and compare not only what my body fat percentage is, but also to see how it is affected you know, stuff like bone density um, and, yeah. and everything like that. Because yeah. like I said, I am trying to keep up with my gym the whole time. Will it be beneficial? Will it not be? And and then it also breaks it down by limbs. So I could see my legs are getting a heck of a lot more work from all the running. Is my leg bone mineral density going to improve compared to my upper body? So I'm really interested to see how these are going to um, come out in about 12, uh, you know, 10, 10 more weeks time. I'm interested as well. When I was in uni and this was a very long time ago, so I can't really quote anything, but I was reading a few studies about the, the effects of hormone and bone density on certain types of athletes. And I think amongst the lowest were long distance runners because it's like a type of stress um, that it causes on your body. So there were some long distance athletes that just in comparison to sprinters and, and uh, weightlifters that had lower mineral content. So it will be really interesting to see how that affects you, if at all, or with the weight training or that is actually really interesting. Yeah. It'll be kind of cool. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see. You, you seem very, very confident in yourself uh, and confident in... What are you saying? You're a, well, you, are, you are confident in your ability to uh, shit talk a lot of people who, who, <laughs> who do run, but I'm interested to see just how well you... You're obviously going well now. It's only been a couple of weeks. How well you keep going. I want to see if you can actually make it like I know, I know you're gonna do the Dude, marathon. I just ran a third of a marathon this morning but on my on my like eighth run. What I'm saying though is, yeah, sure, but we just talked about that earlier, right? Like you're just getting used to it, so yeah. you're gonna be putting in a lot more. Oh yeah, work. I'm interested to see if you can actually keep your strength training goals. 
in oh, mind yeah, it's, while it's you're doing the, the end game runs, the big runs. Adrian, I am committed to being a jacked and tan marathon runner, sir. To be a what? Jacked and tan. Now, I'm going to give that a throwback to um, Mark Bell, Super Training. He always talks about being jacked and tan. Jacked um, and tan, yeah. But only tan because I'm outside running. And, mm-hmm. But jacked because I want to... I, I, like, I'm committed. I do not... The whole point of this is to prove that you can set a goal that's really challenging for yourself, but don't have to always compromise everything else in your life. Do you know yeah, what I mean? And yeah. I love lifting weights. I do not want to get small and weak and stop lifting weights mm-hmm. to fulfill a different goal. And I believe that with the right programming and structure, you can achieve lots of things. So that's part of it. And, and I'm really committed to having a crack at keeping, you know, over two and a half times body weight squats and deadlifts um, this entire process. Well, that's what I was doing last year. I actually really did enjoy getting into the whole carnivore thing because I wanted to I wanted to lose weight for my sport. I was climbing at the time. I wanted to lose weight, but I wanted to stay strong. So I, I kept weight training the entire time. I lost 11 kilos and all of my lifts, my one rep maxes stayed exactly the same. So comparatively speaking, I got a lot stronger during that time. And yeah, I just, I didn't want to lose weight and compromise my strength. And I, I actually wasn't sure if I was going to be yeah. able to lose that much weight and keep those strength goals. But yeah, it was, it was really challenging. It was hard as hell, but it was, it was really fun to test it out. And it was actually, yeah, it was amazing. Nice. Freaking great. Yeah. Yeah. Which, and I'm really upset about now that this whole coronavirus is ruining my life. It's too expensive <laughs> to eat meat all the time. I'm eating normal. I'd probably say I went from, what, what, what was my body fat when we, when you took my skin folds a little while ago i could not tell you off the top of my head i think it was, was 5.7 it was 5.7 and that 6%. was that was skin calipers off seven locations guys so yeah obviously you know you could do more locations um like 12 or or even more to get a more accurate idea yeah we did seven it's pretty well rounded and you got to keep in mind there's a little bit of user error um and you got to keep in mind there's a bit of visceral fat that we mm-hmm. can't get to as well right yeah. so so um, what do we say we give like roughly one or two percent uh, yeah grace so, so yeah probably sitting around seven percent or something something uh, like that yeah. yeah and i would say I but have, he was shredded i will attest he was very very lean i was um yeah there, there's a photo on my instagram uh that i posted a little while ago about a month ago or so of, of the before and after and all that so go have a look because it's pretty impressive <laughs> but but um yeah it's it, uh, now i, I <laughs> there it is um yeah, I, I've definitely put on a, a few percent of body fat now. Like I'm, I'm still relatively lean, but going from as lean as I was to just kind of a bit more, I don't know, well, normal. I'm just so sad. I'm so sad. It hurts my feelings so much. Uh, I'm definitely going to get back into the carnival when I can afford to eat meat again because I, I love it. It was great. I feel like now like I got to eat all the time for my energy and things. It's just not as enjoyable. I'm not liking as much. I don't feel nearly as strong as I did either. So it's it's really interesting to go from normal general nutrition, I guess, to doing carnival for that whole year and then having to stop suddenly as well. I'm, I'm just noticing these big contrasts. Right. But do you think as well that it's not just potentially um, stopping carnivore is that now that you're not training in the gym with training buddies all the time, like Absolutely. you are still training at home, but maybe the quality is not quite as there or you're maybe not pushing yourself quite as hard because you haven't got the correct equipment to get a good spot or the people to make sure you're feeling confident with the lift. I mean, or have enough weight to do really heavy stuff. Mm. So it's probably, a, it goes hand in hand with a few things, not just a diet change. I've noticed that I'm not enjoying my training as much. It's it because I'm not there. <laughs> well, you weren't there for most of the year for me anyway. Well, but look, look, I, I will give you that. Training in this gym is 
a lot of fun. You've got some amazing equipment. Uh, I agree. The people agree. <laughs> All of the people. All the you, people. You've got some amazing equipment. It does make it a lot easier. But also, I was just training. I, I like to be a lot more social. I was training with a lot of other people and doing a lot of different things. And just kind of, yeah, the isolation thing sucks. It's a lot harder to be motivated and enjoy your training. So that's definitely playing a part mm-hmm. as well. But talking about motivation... You yes. happened to whip up a little something for the people out there. Well, I was I was looking at motivation because I was I was dipping myself a little bit. Am dipping myself a little bit. It's hard it's hard to really stay on top of. It. I was training every single day except for Sundays for almost a year straight, and I was really enjoying it because I was doing so much different stuff, seeing different people, training in different groups, and now I'm just at home, just weight training, uh, trying to do other stuff, but the weather's not really permitting it now either. And so I was looking a little bit at motivation, and I recalled to uni some of the sports psychology stuff that was doing at uni and then uh, I brought up it's called a trans theoretical model for behavioral changes that is not necessarily uh, created for exercise science but it's used in exercise psychology yep. and we're uh, gonna we're gonna pop up the picture um, I'll pop it up in the mid podcast yep. and I'll also link um, what we're talking about today guys um, just like the the actual reference in case you want to go look at the whole article yeah um, in the description and if you just do look at that line, trans theoretical model for behavioral change, it'll come up with a graph. And there's lots of different deviations of that graph as well. It's used for a bunch of other things like um, stopping smoking or starting exercise or like there's lots of different um, variations of it that people have used off the base one. And it just is based on five steps, basically. So when someone starts exercising or stops and starts again, uh, the five stages are pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, and maintenance. And it's basically thinking about something and recognizing that inactivity or doing nothing is an issue and then actually thinking about it and making an effort to get started the preparation phase is getting started and actually doing something about it the action phase is regular um, compliance with some sort of program and then the maintenance is just putting things in place to stop yourself from going through some sort of relapse and just stopping and then that is actually a, a feedback loop so you stop eventually if you do then you just jump back in that first step and keep going and it's it's a never-ending cycle well, what we said with jumping back into the step is that um, on the model that you showed me there as, as well which I'll which I'm popping up um, is that you don't have to go back to step one which no. is which is what I see in the gym sometimes is when you know people get hurt or they lose a bit of uh, motivation or they get busy or whatever it is and instead of um, all right, they, they, let's say they're at the final level, they've been killing it, they're mm-hmm. strong, they're fit. Um, and instead of just slipping a little bit and then saying, oh, and realizing, okay, I'm slipping, um, let me jump back into the preparatory phase and, and plan out a different structure that works for me yeah. right now. And they can jump back in only maybe one or two steps backwards. They let themselves stop altogether, lose their fitness, lose their gains, yeah. get, get chunky, Become chunky monkeys chunky. again. Yeah. Eat too much ice cream, and then and then like, oh, I've got to start. But they're starting from step one. It's so much harder. It's so much easier to stay fit than it is to get fit. That's right. So what's really important here, guys, is if you do fall out of motivation or out of sorts with your training, you don't have to wait and get all the way back. If you re- realize it at all, hmm. hey, slide back in where you where you <clears> can in in this model because it makes things a lot easier for you. I think it's uh, I can't remember where I heard this from. But it's such a good analogy. It's like saying you've dropped your phone on the ground and the screen is cracked. And instead of looking at it and going to get it fixed, you just get a hammer and completely smash it until it's in little pieces, right? Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you go, oh, no, it's cracked, and then just get it fixed and carry on with your everyday life? It's, it's kind of like, oh, I stopped. Well, I better just throw it out the window and quit altogether. Or same with nutrition as well. Oh, I ate something bad. Oh, oh, well, it's all gone now. I'll just eat like a 
very bad person for a little while. Um, and so it's, it's, yeah, it's, if you look at this model, you can, you can be aware of the process. And it's mainly why I wanted to bring it up. Be aware of the process. Sometimes people relapse. Sometimes you just don't get motivated. You don't feel like it. You stop. You have kids, a hectic job, a busy lifestyle, and you just don't have time sometimes. But recognizing, that's the first step, recognizing that inactivity is a problem. Pre-contemplation, just thinking about it um, as an issue is really important because that step, you can do that after the first day of skipping a session or after a week. And then you can skip through the first three steps and just go straight back to action if you're aware of the steps uh, that, that are there. The, the basic psychology of it, really, stopping doesn't mean stopping. If you think about it as a constant feedback loop, you can just jump back in. Yep. You don't have to actually stop. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's really important for right now because a lot of people may feel like that. I know I have been feeling like that. It is really hard to get up and train. It's cold right now. I don't need to get up in the morning. And so it's really hard to actually get up in the morning. I've been getting up at the same time every day, same alarm, exactly the same time every day. It is hard. I don't have to I don't have to do anything. So I I just kinda like, nah, I could sleep in until two PM today. Don't do it. I know it's Fight a trap. It's a trap. Fight the and urge. so, uh, yeah, um, looking up things like that and trying to get back into the exercise psychology sort of stuff that I learned at uni has been really, really helpful. Um, yeah, look into that. There's a, a link in the description for you to have a look at that. It's uh, I thought it would be mm -hmm. a little bit helpful for people. It's actually quite interesting. Is I didn't get a chance to um, dive into any research um, after you'd mentioned this to me. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but it also goes hand in hand with not being overwhelmed by a situation. Um, and it's really interesting because I was listening to a great podcast with an ex-Navy SEAL um, and he was talking about people, um, they actually, they expend too much time and energy, um, you know, worrying over things that they don't, actually don't have enough influence over that could make a significant impact in a positive way. And, and it's actually really funny because the same concept that he was talking about, we actually used in our family in a little bit of a family planning thing that we did the other day. And, and basically what it is, is you're looking at an area of concern mm -hmm. and your sphere of influence, mm -hmm. right? So basically, let's say you have this greater concern. Yeah. Uh, there's coronavirus, I'm locked in my house, um, I'm losing my gains, uh, I'm stressed. There's all these things, right? Well, this yeah. is all a big area of concern, but you can't, you know, you can't worry, you, know, you can worry about it. But there's no point because you can't actually fix these things until the government says, yes, you can go back to work or yes, you can do this, right? So, yeah. But you do have a sphere of influence. So what can you actually do? Well, yeah. if you're not at work and you've got all this spare time or you've got some spare time, mm -hmm. Well, you can use it to improve yourself or to make a plan or to actually make a call to action where you can then go out and, and improve yourself or better yourself or yeah. or hit the goals that you're looking at getting. A lot of people get – it's the same thing as the Pareto's law of um, you know 80%, 20%, right? There's no point in worrying about um, 80% of the things that are only going to give you 20% of the result, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. basically all this is. It's like you have your area of concern, which might be like 80%, <laughs> but your sphere of influence might only cover 20% of that. And, and that's what you should focus on. Yeah, Focus on the things that you can actually change. I think that's what we've been talking about. That's what we talk, spoke about a little bit in the last podcast as well. And and to some extent, that's why we're talking about you running and, and the things that I've been um, trying to do as well, like trying to learn Italian. And I've actually started doing uh, learning judo from Sarah, my girlfriend. She's actually a... Let me just let me just get these, just so I don't get it wrong. Because oh, because she'll get she'll get she very will, she'll very get, upset at me because she'll hip toss you an armbar if you get it wrong. So yeah, well, well that that's just it. So she's she's really upset that 
all of this has happened because the, the events have been cancelled, training has been cancelled, every, everything. Mm. Everyone's been affected by this. So um, she's trying to keep up her uh, training and conditioning because she wants to compete when that starts to come back. Um, she is a women's national veterans champ, which is over 30s, and a Q-grade national champ, which I believe is under black belt. Um, and I can't remember what over what belt. Yeah, it's, it's, it's called a Q-grade? Q-grade national women's champ and women's national veterans champ. All right. Um, yes, yeah, gold medal National national champ. She's pretty impressive. And nice. so she's been teaching me some stuff, uh, which has been really fun, to, really fun so far to do. Because uh, it's it's really, really difficult learning something that I've never, never experienced before. It's unlike uh, any other style Does of this like explain, martial arts that I've trained in. Explain all the bruising on your face? <laughs> bruising on my face? No, she's, she's, she's very nice. She's, okay. she's actually a good teacher. She teaches kids and stuff as well. She helps out her, her judo school quite a bit. So she's, she's quite a good teacher. Okay. Um, no bruises yet. We haven't been doing oh, any... Oh, that's, that's just what your face looks like? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm hooking sorry. up my phone next week. And I'm going to play some noises too. So that, that's been really fun. We've just kind of started learning some things now. And so I'm excited to start learning about that. But that's, yeah, that's uh, another thing that we were talking about. Like your sphere of, your sphere of, what did you call it? A sphere of influence. Sphere of influence. So yeah, I, I've been teaching her some strength training and weight training and stuff like that in hopes to help her with her judo. And she's teaching me some judo. We decided that we'd learn a language together. We're getting up at the same time every morning, trying not to like sleep in all day and just, just trying to do those things to, to keep us sane and, oh, and nice. use the time that we have to actually better ourselves. Oh, I miss doing jujitsu with this lockdown. That's one of the things I miss the most is just that grappling. Well, that's part of, that's part of, uh, of judo. Well, so yeah, judo and jujitsu definitely go hand in hand, I think. They do. She's teaching me a little bit of that as well. And I did learn a little bit a long time ago, but I have not been practicing to remember anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is with, um, with jujitsu, and as much as I love jujitsu, one of the um, one of the weak points of it is that a lot of schools maybe don't teach enough takedown work, and they're assuming that most fights end on the ground, mm -hmm. and that's why it's mainly a ground martial art, yeah. right? Um, which is why if you have a really top end wrestler yeah. or a top end judo person, yeah. and they're not going to let you take them down, exactly, that's can give some issues. So um, I did a little bit of wrestling training at a gym called, I went a couple of times, um, Gladiator Gym. And um, and that was really eye-opening, like just different techniques, mm -hmm. um, but but really interesting. And one of dad's good friends, um, John Geyer, he was a, wrestled on the US team, I believe as well. Um, and he showed me some stuff as well. It's just, it's uh, wrestling, I think all grappling, wrestling, jujitsu, judo, they're so... Um, they're so hard, but <laughs> they're good. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say crossover, but there's a lot of similarities and there's a few bits of crossover between them, but they're just vastly, vastly different. I actually, I, I really like wrestling as a sport um, because it's, uh, it's unlike any other sport. You have to be so strong and so acrobatic. It's unbelievable. I don't think there are many other sports where you have to be that strong and that acrobatic. The flexibility that they have and strength through their like, necks, they throw front flips and back flips and all sorts. It's like part of their training. It's really impressive to say the least. Yeah, one of, uh, a friend of mine taught me uh, a little bit of wrestling a little while ago and it's, it's really, really fun. You just have to be strong as hell and super flexible, mm -hmm. really agile. It's a very demanding sport. It's unlike anything else. Um, I, I really, really enjoy training it and then I've noticed just the ability to sprawl and stay on my feet yep. uh, has helped a lot with a lot of other martial arts that I've done. Just the ability to stay standing is a really big one uh, with a lot of sports that go to ground straight away. It's just interesting how they interact with each other. Yeah. Well, I, th I think when I first jumped into jujitsu and um, I've been doing it for you know a few years now, 
um, very recent Purple Belt. Um, but I had a good platform coming from rugby, just being able to brace myself at rucks, tackling, um, that physical contact while standing. It, it yeah. gave me a really good understanding of how to move m my body around to where I could get a good center of gravity and a good yeah. base support and not fall over and not yeah. get bounced over. And so that, that translated really well to rugby, which, uh, to jujitsu, which gave me a, a good sort of, um, head start in there. Uh, but yeah, I remember when I went down there and just, just got smoked by people way smaller than me. It's like, yeah. hey, what is going on right now? I yeah. need to learn this immediately. And, uh, and I've loved it ever since. Um, but the one thing that does bug me a little bit, I will say, is that, is that people, if you're strong, they say, ah, oh, that was all strength and no technique. Uh, that doesn't, you know, technique over strength. Excuse me, buddy. Strength is a skill. And if, if exactly. it wasn't, if it wasn't, if it didn't matter, then... Hey, look at the guys that are top in the world. They're all strong as well, all right? Yeah. And if two people are equal uh, skill-wise, the person that's stronger is going to win, win yeah, right? Absolutely. Um, and so, so, you know, I've always kept up my strength training. And, I I, really and people point, say, actually. oh, it's just a strength. Say, mm, strength's a skill. And if you, if you want to go, um, you know, if you want to get an even playing field, hit the gym, buddy. Do exactly. I, I, that's a really good point. It's, it's people say, you're just strong. I'm not just strong. I try really hard to be strong. Yeah. It's not like, oh, he's just naturally strong. I am not naturally strong. Right. I work my butt off to be as strong as I am. But that's like going into a powerlifting meet and and someone squatting 100 kilos more than someone else. And then the person that just got dominated by 100 kilos saying, oh, but my technique was definitely a lot better. It's like, well, I don't care because I beat you by 100 kilos. Exactly. Right. Anyhow. A little rant over. I don't want to get into that too much. <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu is definitely a huge skill game, yeah, um, yeah. but but strength helps too. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's 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 fun learning a new skill as well because Sarah weighs less than I do by uh, a little bit, and I'm a lot stronger than she is. And it's good to know that you can work on either technique or just be strong because when she's been teaching me some stuff, and I I don't want her to do something, I, I'm I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like she she has very very good technique. Um, I'm just a lot stronger than she is. So it, when I don't want to lose, I I just kind of don't. But that's not going to last very long. It, it doesn't last. It doesn't last because uh, for two reasons. One, it's going to really clean up her technique working with someone who's a lot stronger than she is, and she's going to kick my butt. And two, by me training with her, being stronger than her, it's going to make her much stronger. Yeah. So I'm yeah. making her more formidable. It's I'm not sure how I feel about that. Well, it's, it, it it won't last because um, like. There's actually two girls at the club that I go to. Um, I, I highly doubt either of them listen to the podcast. But it's Anne and Em. And Em is the um, is the head coach, Adam's uh, partner. And she's a studded jiu-jitsu. She's blue belt, but she's world champ. She's world champ? Masters world champ for her age mm -hmm. and weight in in blue belts you know in the world she yeah. is a weapon dude yeah and when i when i roll girls normally like i try very hard not to use my weight and strength like i try it's to just really to, hard to roll. Well. It's, it's hard yeah but i try hard not to just you know just flatten them out with my weight when i verse and and m i just i use full strength because they're savages <laughs> if i don't use strength they smash me that's actually a really good point. I used to I used to roll with a, a group of people at a gym I used to train at, um, semi regularly, I guess you could say. And there was one girl who I used to roll with. I don't think she's going to listen to this either. Um, Evelyn, she weighed like forty kilos, just literally half my weight, and she was really nasty. She had really good technique, <laughs> but she used blades and elbows and also it it was awful. I started off not using any of my strength, which is hard to try and match another person's strength. It is, but she was 
really savage. It was really difficult to roll with her because I'd be trying to work in the same sort of strength range and then I would just be in screaming pain <laughs> just trying <laughs> to wiggle around and survive. It was, yeah, it was, it's actually very interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, I'm really excited to learn a little more judo because it, it's, it's unlike anything. That oh, that's awesome, before. man. Really I will cool. gladly um, hip toss you if you want to um, practice hip tosses. Well, well, no, that's, <laughs> no, thank you. Can All I right. say no? no? Yeah, you can. Um, right. No, I, I do, I do. The, the judo does encompass jujitsu, but I do know that you specifically practice jujitsu. Yes, so yeah, I, no, I, I, yeah, jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. Have you done any standing game, anything like that before? Or is it just? Well, like I said, I did. A, I went to um, like a wrestling gym just a couple times just mm -hmm. to work on on um, some takedowns. So from standing. Yeah. Um, and then also one of the um, there's another lady at the uh, at the jujitsu at AMA, um, the Academy of Mixed Martial Arts. Go there sometime when it reopens. It's a fantastic. It's the, I was gonna say it's the best jujitsu gym in all of WA and probably Australia. Cool. Um, it's a big call. It's a big call, but it's it's great because it's a it's a big school, and so you go there and you get to wrestle black belts and brown belts and purple. It's not just like whites and blues and maybe a purple and a brown. Like it, there's a a lot of people and a lot of skill range there, which is great, and a lot of different body sizes, which is it's not just like all seventy kilo people you yeah. got people that are 130 kilos you got people that are 50 kilos like it's great it's a good range so from what i understand that's a very good point that you bring that up from what i understand the reason why um, martial arts isn't big in wa is because of that as a problem when you go to other countries and other places in the world there's just a lot more people so you can just get a lot more done and train a lot more but there's not very many big schools in wa is that right uh maybe i don't know i've, I've not really um my experience is you know i was lucky to, enough to fall in with emma like very early in my jujitsu, so it's um like it's always been a, a nice big school for me. Cool, yeah. So I, I haven't had that issue, um, but like I was saying, like one of the other ladies that trains there, she's a black belt in judo, mm -hmm. and so she will from time to time show you judo throws and, yeah. and and some techniques like that as well, which is pretty um pretty fun. But uh, it, it, actually, to get to get hip tossed by a girl thirty kilos uh, lighter than yeah. you is is quite humbling. It is. Yeah. It's, it's actually it's actually uh, that's, uh, I will tell you a funny story then about um about when I first started, Sarah and I first started dating. Uh, she invited me to one of her judo classes uh, early on. And this was like one of your dates? A date to judo class? No, I don't think it was a date to judo. I think this was, I guess this was a date. I think this might've been a date. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this was a date. I mean, she did invite me to say, yeah, okay, let's say it was a date. It was a date. I went on a date to her judo class and um, me being the fun loving, happy go lucky guy that I am was like, yeah, sure, I'll give it a try. Um, but there's context to this situation, right? The day before or two days before and I was I was at a, another gym and I was playing around with some friends and they wanted me to show them a meat hook and if anyone doesn't know what that is just google it meat hook um, it's a it's a straps like circus aerial sort of uh, dealio and I trained it specifically a long time ago and then hadn't done it in about two years and then someone was like can you do a meat hook I was like oh, I can try and I did it I was like oh that's kind of cool and then I was like mm, I wonder if I could do another skill it's a swinging meat hook so you get a bit of a swing and then you roll up into a meat hook and roll down and I rolled up into it and as I rolled down I was like ah oh, something in my stomach it like I felt like someone hit me I was like ah oh, that's a bit that's a bit sore it'll be fine and then the next day at work I could barely bend over it, it really ribs? really hurt it was my ribs uh, right? like, no, sorry sorry it wasn't it wasn't the next day um it was like two or three days later so that was on a, a sunday and then on a monday i went and did the studio class with sarah and um after the class she was showing me some technique and stuff because it's the, the only exposure i've had to judo and um she she threw me around like a dinner napkin it was very very humbling i i didn't expect to be tossed so easily she is very good and um 
So anyways, I was fine. It wasn't that at all. But I thought that she broke me. The next day I went to work. I was like, oh my God, I can barely breathe. I can't bend. It turns out I actually pulled my oblique. It was like an ongoing thing for about six weeks. Oh, I wow. pulled it bad. And for like a whole week, I didn't remember that I did that meat hook and I was like I this is embarrassing this is really embarrassing so I didn't say anything but then yeah I was like oh so I can kind of keep a little bit of my my masculinity in check there have my ego still stay nice and healthy um yeah it's it's very humbling being tossed around by a girl it's it's not like she's just good for a girl she's just an impressive athlete yeah. and when you you know judo and you know it well the mechanics of it alone it's using your opponent's momentum against you and all, all of that it's it's just it's really impressive skill to have yeah and i can see myself getting very addicted to it which is why i've kind of stayed back i'm sure you f felt exactly the same way about jiu-jitsu that's why i never got into jiu-jitsu oh, properly because it's addictive right it's a black hole for your t for your time and, and resources yeah. like I'm, when i was first into it and i did pull back a little bit and and like everything in life you know i would be all about jujitsu and then i was like well hang on i needed to keep on my weight so then like work was getting really busy opening the gym and so like sometimes i was there a lot and sometimes there'd be a month or two where it'd be pretty scarce but mm. but when you're really into it you i call it youtube training like when i wasn't at the gym i was like looking at youtube like trying to find a move that maybe someone hasn't seen recently i can like yeah. catch someone with you know and then like you like, i just try to go through that in my head how does that work think and, about it all the yeah, time yeah and then like yeah. get to the gym and it doesn't work at all you're like damn it my youtube training failed me and then exactly. you go back and you find an absolute gem sometimes like yeah but was, yeah i love the same it. when i when i was doing capoeira it's, it's 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 fun and it's exciting and you think about it all the time you think about how you can incorporate new things into it or how you can incorporate that into other things in your life and it's it's really interesting and i can see that with with judo that it, it's it's fun and it's it's um it's complicated and it's challenging and that's why i haven't really gotten into it properly yet because i know that i'm just going to get hooked yeah um, but it's good having someone like sarah teach me yeah just... well I, I i think that one of the most addictive things for for me as a competitive person is just the it's a physical but it's also a mental challenge oh absolutely like when when you're um grappling um, and you know, usually we do something like a five minute round of, of work and then one minute rest. And then, um, if you go on an open mat day, it might be 10 of those rounds, um, or on like a competitive day, it might be 10 of those rounds. So you're, you're rolling for 50 minutes. You got about 10 minutes rest spread out over the hour. Um, and you're, you're tired. And, and then what might happen is, you know, you're three quarters of the way through, or you're up to your, like your second last roll and you get some monster brown belt or, or some high level black belt that gets you flat in your back, takes like a you know, a heavy side control for you or goes neon belly or you just feel like you're getting suffocated and snuffed out and yeah. and he's got your arm trapped and he's slowly choking the, the life out of you and, and, and you're just holding on going, you know, it, maybe it's just 20 more seconds I can survive. <laughs> but then it's just like, it's this feeling of like you're trapped and no matter how hard you struggle, you can't do anything. And yeah. that itself is quite confronting for some people, which is yeah. why I don't do that to white belts when they first come to the gym. I try to do it for people that are similar belts to me because they've had some experience with it. Yep. But when you realize that you're in this compromising position that you are completely this other person's mercy mm -hmm. and you can't do a thing about it. Yeah. It is really actually quite mentally confronting. Yeah. And you have to it get is. used. And what I, what, what I try to describe it for people, you need to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's really hard. And I think it does keep me a little sharper mentally doing jujitsu because you have to be you always in these positions that are just uncomfortable physically but also me mentally and emotionally somebody's like oh, i just want to get out from here i don't think uncomfortable is the right word i think completely and absolutely 
helpless. Helpless. I helpless. think you need to understand what helpless means. What that means. And you know what? I've so I've I've done a, a few different martial arts over, over my training career, and I've trained with a lot of people, and I've never ever once, except with you, I've never ever once felt like I was in danger. Like. At the worst of times, there is something I could do to defend myself and run away and climb a tree or something. Like, I never felt absolutely helpless. Get out of here. Right? <laughs> exactly. Um, I've never felt like that before. I've never been completely, like, overpowered or something. Something similar to that. I was at your... When you first got those mats, we set up um, in your gym. Yeah, the home gym. The home gym. And you weigh, You only weighed about 15 to 17 kilos more than me, I think, at the time. But this is when I first started... When I was at... Yeah, when I first started learning jujitsu, I think. And so you were like, yeah, come along, I'll show you. And you were so much stronger than I was. And you had so, like your technique was, was getting really sharp at that point because you're practicing regularly. And I was so far out of my league that you were showing me and moving through a few motions. And on one of the drills, you were like, just don't get choked out. And I could not, no matter what I tried, I couldn't stop you. And there was... Absolutely nothing, no matter how hard I physically struggled, no matter what technique I tried. We, we did like uh, two or three five-minute rounds and you were like, just survive. And I, I couldn't. There's nothing that I could do. And I tapped about like 15 times during the... Yeah. Let's hear it. Let's hear it for being helpless. <laughs> it was, it's actually, it was really, really daunting and incredibly daunting actually because I've, I've never forgotten that feeling. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not like I'm scared of you, but I just, I understood in that time. I'm like, if you wanted to, mm -hmm. there is absolutely nothing I could do to stop you from doing whatever you wanted to me. So it's it's really humbling knowing that because if you're going to get into a martial art, if you're, if you're going to walk down the street and fight someone and you come across someone who's the equivalent of that like you're done unless you know what to do and know how to protect yourself mm -hmm. sometimes you just can't so i think knowing that will stop a lot of people from doing a lot of irresponsible and reckless things as well yeah. actually, actually understanding that mechanic well, well i i think that's why they say it's so important to put your kids into martial arts because it teaches them that actions have consequences and yeah. it teaches them it gives them a bigger perspective of what's actually going on in the world and what's, you know, it gives them a sense of responsibility perhaps. But let me, let me talking about being helpless, let me tell you about my purple belt grading. It was oh, yeah. the most savage experience of my life. I do remember now, you telling me about yeah, that. Yeah, all I want to tell for the people as well is that I've played 20 years of rugby um, at, you know, from juniors to relatively high level. Um, I've been in positions where I've been really tired, hurt, you know, busted ribs or whatever it may be. Um, it, I've been lifting weights for a long time, over a decade, about 12 years of lifting heavy weights and, and the feeling of what it feels like to have several hundred kilos on your back, you know, um, doing strongman, you know, three, 350, 400 kilo yokes and, and nothing compares physically and, and mentally to what it was like doing my purple belt grading, which was basically, um, after warmups and techniques and, and showing some, some, you know, technical, this is how you do this and this. It was a 35-minute shark tank. Now, a shark tank in jiu-jitsu, and it might be the same in other martial arts, basically means that you're in the middle mm -hmm. and someone jumps in to wrestle you and everyone else just stands around in a big circle. And as soon as that round is done, that person gets out, but you stay in. And a fresh person, and a comes, fresh in. person yeah. comes in. And then another one and another one. And another oh, one stop it. for 35 <laughs> minutes. Now, here's the thing. Well, wait, hold on. So yeah. every five minutes? No, 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 no. Or just when well, they're done? So usually it's when someone taps out. 
Okay, so, so like, whether you tap them or they tap you, correct. just up, next, go. Yes. And so basically, that's how I had normally done a Shark Tank before. Like, you know, when mm -hmm. I did my blue belt or when I was helping grade other people up, um, is that you just sort of, you jump in and you roll with the person. And, and then when someone when someone wins, you jump out. What but, grade were the people that were jumping in with you? Well, I'll get to that part. Okay. But basically, um, Coach, thank you, Coach, he p pulled a wild card on me. And I didn't realize until about, you know, two or three people in. But, but what he had told them was um, we're not rolling to, until someone gets submitted. He goes, if, if Nevin gets on top or into a dominant position, um, you tap out and you jump out straight away. The next person comes in. And the oh. reason for that is because let's say I'm versing someone that I'm a bit stronger than mm -hmm. and I get a sweep so I'm on top. I can now coast for two minutes. You can rest. I can yeah. catch my breath. I'm in a dominant position. I slowly work to a better position and yep. try to get a submission, but I can rest. Basically, as soon as I got into a dominant position next. or, or yeah. as soon as we stalled out where no one was progressing, next. Or as soon as there was submission, next. So 35 minutes of no resting. Now, bloody Ricky, I tell you what, old Ricky, I'm going to tag him in this podcast. He was the first person and he came out firing on all cylinders. <laughs> I was like, you, thanks a lot, Ricky. <laughs> all right. I know you're trying to gas me out here, right? So we went hard for a couple minutes. And then um, I think I finally got into a, a dominant position and he tapped. I was like, I didn't, I didn't do anything. And he jumped out. The next person comes running in. I was like, what's going on here? And the same thing, like we rolled pretty hard. Yeah. Now this is like I'm three minutes in and I'm already getting gassed because you cannot exert 100% no. for long. No. I'm three, four minutes in, same thing. I finally get to a dominant position. He taps, he jumps out. So like, why do they what do is going on? And it's because uh, either Adam or uh, Jake, one of the guys um, who was sort of leading it, um, a very high-level purple belt, he's probably brown belt really, um, he had said no rest um, for Nevin. Basically, when he gets to a dominant position, we want to really, we want to push him. And I think coach is like, we want to push him, see if he can just mentally hang in there for 35 yeah. minutes. So the first, let's say, five, six minutes, first 10 minutes, but well, first, no, first five or six, I was doing all right. Like I was getting the sweeps, getting tough. There wasn't really any submissions, so they kept jumping out when I got to a better position. Yeah. So yeah, after five or six minutes, um, I, I was, you know, staying relatively dominant. I hadn't been subbed or anything like that. And, and so basically, it was about eight guys um, that were in this little eight guys in this. I can't describe it anything other than a snuff film. But, but <laughs> basically, I think there was only one white belt, and and it's actually um, Mitchell Johnson, the cricket player for Australia, oh. who's actually a weapon and a good old athlete. He's like a solid six three, six four, and and a big boy and strong. And so he yeah. was the white belt, but he was a big physical white belt. And there was probably um, three, two or three blue belts, and the rest were purple and above. And um, in terms of size-wise, I had everything from guys that were a bit smaller than me up to Jake, who's probably a solid 115, you know, yeah. you know 15 kilos heavier than me. Yeah. So, so that was a, a big, big guy. <clears throat> now, so for the first five, five minutes, um, I was hanging in there. Uh, I don't think I got – I tapped out. I got tapped out until maybe around the 12 or 15-minute mark when I really started to get tired. And from that point forward – from the last 20 minutes of the roll, it was just like, like, using Tropic Thunder? Yeah. Survive. Survive. <laughs> survive. It was basically just survive. You're just getting tapped again and again and again. I again. would have tapped out 20 to 30 times. And it wasn't because I was quitting. I just, I had, there was no gas tank. Mm -hmm. And as soon as someone would get up, I, someone would run in and push me over from the back and I'd turn around, they'd jump on top and I'd be like, ah. Oh. It, so, it, was, it was a monstering. And, and that's one of those times where you actually feel completely helpless. And it was just like, all right, I'm, on my, I'm turtling up on my front. 
They're trying to take my side. I'm getting my back to the mat. All right. They're trying to get a choke in. I'm getting to my side. I, like, I couldn't attack them. Is I was literally way, trying to survive. Is there any way to quit? Like, are you, if you quit, you don't get your grading. But like, I mean, if I had what, stood up they, and said, like, that's me, I'm done, they, yeah. they would have said that I, I wouldn't have got my purple belt. Sure. They don't just keep pushing you on the ground. No, going, no. Yeah. I mean, like, but, yeah, but that's what you, I mean. Like, you could so, quit. You could quit. But that was the thing. It's like, I was like I'm not going to quit. I'm gonna just try to keep moving, and mm-hmm. even towards the end, I got a couple sweeps and like I did something. I didn't yeah. get any submissions well, towards the end. I, I got a couple say. subs towards the start on other people, but towards the end, like I wasn't attacking. I was literally trying to survive. And I told the coach, "The give me purpose." Like I'm so sorry. Like I, I didn't do anything. He's like, "No, I just wanted to see if you would quit. Like we wanted to test you mentally." So that's more what it was about, more than anything. Sure, there are like moves and skills that you need to have, but it's it's more. And, and that's what he said. He goes, he goes, "I've seen you take." The te- your technical level at training. I see you at training all the time. Yeah. So he's like, I'm comfortable with your technique and, and your level of skill. He goes, I want to see if you f- physically and mentally could go to 35 just getting savaged by these guys. Yeah. And um, and and I, well, I, I, I did, I guess. So, but it was, um, that to date was, like when the final bell rung, I... I I took a big breath and I was like, huh? <laughs> I cried. I, I was like, why am I almost crying? He's like, I was so happy that it was done. I remember a couple of days after you said your elbows were killing you for days after that. Well, because I was still like, even though I was in these positions where I probably should have tapped a little earlier to arm bars, like I was like, no, I'm going to fight to get out of them. And yeah. some I did get out and some I had to tap to, but mm-hmm. my elbows were sore probably for about three, four weeks, actually, like both elbows yeah. from just being arm barred non-stop but it was um it was definitely an experience and uh i cannot wait to get some of them back i actually have my hit list so those eight guys <laughs> those eight yeah. guys like they're on a hit list and my goal is to tap them all individually before they tap me in training yeah. now i've gone through uh i believe four or five of them and i'm saving the toughest guys to last so i think jake came up to me, he's like do you want to run I'm like no nope, you're on my hit list and i'm saving you to last jake that's actually it's actually interesting that you say that because that's um that's something that i've I've practiced with whenever I, I learn a new skill, it's not necessarily uh, the skill itself that I want to get better at, ways that I keep myself motivated is instead of trying to be better than a skill or hit a certain mark, I pick people that are better than me to overcome or be better than. Yeah. And I feel like that always keeps me, there's always some some sort of competition because there is always someone better than you, always. Unless you are the very best on the entire planet, there is always someone better than you. And it feeds into that uh, that saying, if you're not the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. That same thing goes for strength and for, for any right. other skill set. If you're the smartest person in, your, in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did I say it wrong? You I said, said if you're not the smartest yeah. person. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And yeah. th- the same thing goes for martial arts, which is why I'm really happy to be learning judo from Sarah because she is good. She's yeah. very good. But that's the thing is, is that it's not, it's not like... Um, like it's it's not a definitive thing like there is no best in the world like there are guys that are amongst the best in the world but they will still lose to each other on different days yeah, do you know what i mean yeah. it's like it's it, there's always someone that's can tap you always well, well yeah well that's what i mean like they're not necessarily they're not necessarily graded better than you but they're better than you like uh they they've have a different background so their sure. strengths work to your weaknesses and 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 that's that's what i mean it's it's not necessarily saying i can learn x y and z but having to be better than a different person i have to incorporate a q and y as well like there's different um set of, of of rules and and things you have to learn to overcome that person and there's always someone who knows something more or knows something different or who is just straight up better than you mm-hmm. and feeling that helplessness uh understanding that that's a part of what it is and actually having the 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 resolve to overcome that is a really big deal that i think a lot of people they don't quite understand if, if you've never been uh exposed to that then mm. you wouldn't understand it's really mentally it's 
difficult. Yeah. It's really difficult to overcome those sorts of things. So I guess what we're saying is go do jujitsu or judo or something to really uh, challenge yeah. yourself when all this, uh, you know, coronavirus ban gets lifted. Because, um, yeah, if you want to challenge yourself mentally and physically, jujitsu, I've not done a lot of judo, but I can tell you jujitsu will definitely get you there. Well, I, I guess it depends on, on where you're at physically as well. Um, anyone can do anything. A lot of people think they can't do it because of whatever reasons, limiting factors that they have in, in their own mind and their own egos and all that sort of thing. But anyone can start somewhere. You can learn things safely. You can learn from the ground up and work up. I know that jujitsu is relatively low impact. There aren't throws, tosses, slams, anything like that. So Virtually anyone can do that. Well, I mean, they, there is if you start from standing. Like if you start from standing, yeah. but if you wanted to take it relatively easy and just work you just on the start off the back, yeah. There's there's no impact, so you could definitely do that. Um, there there are definitely elements of jujitsu in judo as well. Um, and the only thing, yeah, I would say is if you if you if you have like neck problems, back problems, don't go into like wrestling or or, <laughs> or things like that where there are lots of big tosses and throws. But no, it's 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 a very I think important thing to learn for people to understand what they're one what their limitations are mentally and physically, but two, to learn what your strengths actually are. A lot of people don't experience that, that thing where they're like, Oh, I can do that. Or I can do, I can do anything. Or instead of saying, being scared of something and then saying, I can't do that, which I hate. Uh, a lot of people say that a lot of the time. I hear it a lot. I'm sure you do hear that as a trainer. a and lot. It's not true. It's not true. No, people say I can't do that. And they I can. think because I've exposed myself to so many different styles of training like that, instead of thinking I can't do that, my first thought is what do I have to do to be able to do that? Which is what I implement with my clients when I train them. When they can't do something, instead of saying, oh, you can't do that, let's move on. It's what do you have to do to get to that point? You know what? And sometimes you don't even have to do that. Sometimes just tell yourself you can do it because like, yeah. so it, I think so much, um, so much of the time it really comes down to confidence. If you yep. really don't think you can do something, a lot of the times you you know you're gonna struggle through at best. Ooh. But if you just if you're confident, it's like I I would never have dreamt of running a marathon before I started chastising distance runners and said that I could do it, <laughs> right? But I'm just telling myself I'm gonna run a marathon. Stuff I ran a third of a marathon this morning. It's gonna happen. I'm yeah. gonna be just fine, right? In saying that, I've had to go and actually plan out the steps that I need to do to get there. Yeah. But sometimes you don't even need to plan the steps. Sometimes mm -hmm. you can already do it. Just give yourself back yourself. I tell my clients all the time when they're about to lift big, big lifts, back yourself. Like yeah. I know you can get this weight. I don't. You can't have doubt in your head exactly. when you have a couple hundred kilos on your shoulders. You need to go in there and attack that rep or that one RM. Like you're gonna absolutely destroy it. You have to believe that you can do it. That whole believe so that you can achieve that. That's real. Um, I like this saying. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Henry Ford, yeah. one of his quotes. It's it's absolutely true. A lot of a lot of people have said to me, I didn't think I could do that after doing something not necessarily basic, but just something that they didn't actually either visualize or believe that they could do. And then all you have to do is berate them <laughs> and gently encourage them until they're able to actually do it. It's it's something that the people say a lot. I didn't think I could do that. But mm. you're only limited by what you think you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah, yeah, most of the time. Let's I mean, sometimes like, there's, there's some underlying issues. You like need to I can't fly, so yeah, right, there's yeah. some things you can't yeah. do. But yeah, yeah, that's that's I think a, a really really important um, factor that you need to incorporate into your training. Uh, when people do strength training for one rep maxes, when people they just want to start a new skill or do something new, it's just it's so limiting and it's so simple. Really, it's it's just a mindset. It's nothing that you have to um, that you have to inherently have. Like you need to be naturally talented or or this tall or anyone 
can just believe that they can do a thing and then do it. It's it's difficult. It's not that simple. It's difficult to actually believe in yourself. A lot of people don't. A lot of people have very poor, I think, um, self-belief um, and or self-worth, right? I think people just need to yeah, back yourself. Yeah. You're good. You can do this. Yeah. 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 But I guess uh, it comes we, down we might to have to, we might have to dive into like um, more of the sports like uh, on the next on the next podcast. I'll yeah. do a little bit of research as well. Let's let's get some people some actual guidelines on how they can back themselves. Yeah. Oh, you know a really good place to start. This this was like fire. It was like fire in my belly for months. David Goggins' book. Oh God. Read it or audiobook. I think the audiobook's actually pretty good. Audiobook's interesting because he got the the guy who helped him write the book and him. Okay. And then they spoke about each chapter in between the chapters, so you get like a little bit of a synopsis and that sort of stuff. It's an incredible book. That guy's an incredible person, and he is just straight up crazy. He almost killed himself a couple of times just because of how hard he physically pushed himself. Yeah. And the the whole point of his book is that you can achieve anything if you just believe you can do it. And he's just a crazy stubborn man who well, did some again, amazing impressive and, and, things. An ex Navy SEAL. Um, he's just got that that switch in his head where he just won't quit um yeah. there's a few people like david Goggins. you got david goggins you got jocko willink x now they seem to be ex navy seals a lot <laughs> yeah. of the time well that seems to be kind of where you go if you want to push yourself that yeah. hard but yeah um, it's just very very interesting so if you want to uh, understand a little more about how hard you actually can push yourself just as a person and some of the psychology of, of that pushing um Definitely give that one a read. Okay. That's so we're going to give a really couple of advice here. One is the David Goggins. What is it? What's it called? We'll put it. We'll, I've got it. I've got we'll, it. I'll, I'll I've got it, it in my, my audio book. I'll so insert we'll it, it into in the, the podcast. Yeah. The one that I would recommend is Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. Mm -hmm. and, and that's really important because a lot of the time when people uh, fail at something or can't do something or don't want to do something, they um, externalize the problem and mm -hmm. put it on something else. I couldn't do this because... Of this, mm -hmm. I couldn't do this because of this or this, and his whole book is no, no, extreme ownership. You couldn't do it because of yourself. So if that's the problem, how are you gonna rectify the problem? Yeah, and it's all about taking ownership for everything and not putting it elsewhere. And so that that is a really fantastic book. So that's my recommendation. Well, the David Goggins book is is very very similar. Um, some of the stuff that he says in his books is he's like, no one is coming to save you. You have to be able to look after yourself because no one is coming to help. Um, and you have to own your shit is one of the things he says in one of his chapters as well. It's like, you have to own it. You have to go back and look at all the awful, terrible things about yourself and you have to own up to that. You have to, you have to own your own shit and then you have to make it work for you. So it's a, a little bit similar, I think, but yeah, that, that it was just a, it's really powerful. Do you have the David Goggins book or do you have it on audiobook? I've got it on audiobook. I, I didn't actually read it. I listened to it because uh, the, the audiobook is a bit different because the guy, yeah, the guy who helped him write it. Also and narrated. Him, they don't, he narrates it and then David Goggins and him talk about the chapters after every chapter. Okay. So it's like a bit extra. Oh, that's cool. I might you. have to download that. That's I have really the, uh, a hard copy of the, um, of the, both of, uh, two of Jocko Willing's books if you want to borrow. But um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll look into, into the David Goggins one as well. And the third thing? That you were talking about? Do jiu-jitsu. <laughs> do jiu-jitsu. <laughs> do jiu-jitsu. Or, or just a martial art in general. Yeah, do martial arts. Uh, don't um, externalize your problems. Mm. And... Sports psychology. Sports Motivation. Psychology. Motivate yourself. I guess we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get back to you a little bit with some more stuff on the next podcast specifically about yeah. that because it's, uh, it seems like that now more than ever is going to be a big issue for a lot of people who are just stuck at home, yeah. finding it hard to do the stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. So much stuff. Guys, look, that's over an hour. Jeez, that's an hour and 10 we've done so far. So mm. 
Uh, we'll see if we split it into two podcasts or maybe just keep it as one long one. We'll figure it out. But yeah. thank you so much for listening. Guys, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. It really does help the channel grow if you like it and comment on the uh, on the videos. Um, we've been getting a couple extra comments on, on past videos now. People are starting to get a bit more involved. Um, but again, give us some ideas on what you want to see. But first and foremost, if you're enjoying the content, really helps if you just if you subscribe to the channel. Um, trying to get to 100. That's our first milestone. That's helps the first us get milestone. to 100 subscribers. We're at 82, guys. So we're... We're on the way, but uh, you've been great and we hope you enjoyed it and we'll be back soon. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Awesome. Have a good one. I'll do the, do the sound effects. Do the... Yeah. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank we'll you see so you much. next time, people. Thank we you, love everybody. you. We love you. <laughs>